Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode. Oh, I'm like a little jittery for this one. I feel feel some nerves. Um, I think it's just because this is a loaded episode and I had to do a little more work getting all of the information together. Um, but we are on episode 10. And how cool is that? Um, I mean, it's really cool for me because I have 10 of these episodes out in the world. Oh my goodness. It's so, it's, you know, I'm so proud of myself. Um, it feels really cool to have 10 episodes and I'm sure by the time I have like, I don't know, a hundred episodes, which seems very scary to get to that place, 10 will be like nothing to me. But at the beginning of a new podcast, 10 episodes is so exciting. And, you know, we're on number 10. And I think about, um, like, I think back to being a kid and turning 10 years old. I don't know if you had this experience, but I remember, I remember it being like a cool thing. Like I am turning 10, I'm turning double digits. I have two numbers now. So friends, that is how I feel right now. (laughs) A giddy nervousness, excitement about being on episode 10. So thanks for being here. I'm going to start off by describing a variety of music therapists or almost music therapists. And if you relate to one of these descriptions, you may be interested in listening to the rest of this episode. You may be an intern about to finish up internship, wondering, what do I do next? You may be in in the in-between stage of having completed internship, but waiting to take your board certification exam, and you're wondering what you can even do right now work-wise. Or maybe you passed your board certification exam, you're a new professional, and you have no idea what the difference is between contracting and being an employee. You may be a professional who has been in the field for a handful of years, and you too are still confused about contracting, subcontracting, per diem, part-time, full-time work, hourly, salary. There's so many options. (laughs) You may be a music therapy supervisor or internship director wanting to help your interns in the next step of their music therapy journey, but it's been a while since you've looked for jobs yourself. Um, You may have lost touch with that process, and all of the big feelings involved. Or you may be a music therapy major in school right now, or you may be someone who's intrigued by this field, maybe a high schooler, or maybe someone in a different field interested in music therapy, and you're just so curious about job prospects and what kind of work a music therapist can get. My friends, this episode is for you. I remember being a new professional, feeling so overwhelmed, confused, lost when it came to what kind of job is out there and what opportunities lay in front of me. So as I begin, I'd love to tell you a little bit about my experiences with various different job types, just so that you know where I'm coming from. I am in no way an expert on jobs. I don't know what what that title would be. 
you know, I'm not an expert in this. I'm sharing this from my perspective and what I've learned along the way, which is probably a lot more than what, um, as a music therapy major, you learn in college. I don't remember learning a lot of these things in college. It was like a vague conversation with some professors one time. So um, I really hope this episode helps you out in figuring out, okay, what kind of job do I want to get? If I have an interview, I want to know what kind of job it's actually going to be. Yeah, I'm just hoping that this will help. So um, let's see, I I finish up school um, and, or at least my the classes part of school, you know, then you have your internship. So I was in a full-time internship for six months. It was in hospice care down in New York City. Um, Two weeks after my internship, I married my college sweetheart, Greg Best, the mysteriously handsome man who edits all of my throat clearings, my crazy long pauses, um, all those things on the podcast. And he's written the most beautiful intro music for this podcast and seasons of resilience. Um, Greg, I should really pay you, but it would come out of, um, your account. So, (laughs) okay. So I did my internship, um, married Greg. Let's see. Oh, I, I had this initially in my notes, but after I got married, um, I had to sit for the board certification exam and I had just changed my name. And even though I applied for um, the exam, uh, CBMT was waiting for my marriage certificate, kind of like a proof of who I am, like my name change. So um, if you're in that place to uh, maybe send them a message seeing if if that's what they're waiting on or if that's what they need, I know it, it... took me a while to be like, uh, I haven't heard back from them. Like, am I still taking this test? (laughs) So I got the certification or actually no before. So I was in that in-between place of, um, having finished internship and then waiting to take my exam. And, um, I actually did get a job. It's funny because I had an interview at this one place. didn't get the job. Turns out I was too, um, I was talking too much about hospice care and it was like a school-based setting. (laughs) And, um, but what happened was I wound up getting the job of the person who got that other job that I initially applied and interviewed for. So you never know what could happen. And that was a great first job for me. It was an employee position, and it was also contract work. My next job was subcontracting for a music therapist, and it was also contract work. But um, with this job, I was considered a business owner. The next job, I was a contractor. Because of that, I was a business owner. And I'll get into all this later. I was paid hourly, but it felt very much like I was an employee um, because I went to like the meetings. They paid me for documentation, things like that. 
And then my next job, I've had several jobs in my eight years. Um, I was an employee, part-time, um, very part-time though. So I didn't even get any benefits. Um, and I was paid hourly. And then my current job is um, contract base. I am a business owner and I also have um, private clients that I see. Um, and in some of those other jobs, I had private clients too. Neglected to say that. Um, so anyway, so I've had all these experiences. That's what I'm bringing to this episode. Um, but I remember being a new professional, like right at the beginning, I had phone calls or Facebook messages with two of my um, college friends right out of school. Shout out to Barb and Kristen. I love you guys so much and I miss you. Um, and, you know, we would be talking about all this stuff like, okay, well, what did you learn about this? Or what did you learn about that? Like, just trying to figure it out. Like, okay, if I apply for this job, that means this. Or if I apply for that job, that means that. Or like, what are my other options? How, you know, if I get paid hourly, do I get anything else that's a benefit? Do, like, when do I get benefits? What's the difference between salaried and out and hourly? And um, what about contract work? Like, what does it all mean? Um, I had no clue. And they probably knew a little more than I did. <laughs> but, um, you know, because I didn't know a lot of this stuff, I definitely made some mistakes, um, some financial mistakes. And yeah, it was it was tough not not really knowing what I was getting myself into. So here is my attempt at helping another music therapist not make those same mistakes. So I made this flow chart and I'm going to walk through it with you and then I'm going to send it out to my, my email newsletter list and you can see it there. If you're not on the list, you can join the list by going to my website or send me an email, hello at kimbest.com or just, you know, reach out to me on Instagram. But I would love to send you a copy of this because sometimes it's even more helpful to have a visual. So it's titled, What Happens After College? So let's just assume that after college, we complete the music therapy internship. So that's where I'm starting. Let's just assume that that's the starting point. After the music therapy internship, we go to the board certification exam. We take the test as long as it takes. If it takes you, you know, one time, several times um, to pass the exam. But that's kind of where we're starting. Music therapy internship and then the board certification exam. After you take the certification exam and you are certified. Oh, I forgot to mention my first job. I actually was hired before... I got my certification. I kind of alluded to it, but what they had on the application was we accept people who have graduated or completed their music therapy education and internship and who have a plan to take the certification exam or have like a date to take it or something like that. So if you're 
at that in-between stage, there still is a possibility that you can get a job. I was able to work as a music therapist with this company because they knew that I had the test on my calendar. And luckily I uh, passed the first time around, but like barely. So i <laughs> um, thinking of all of you who um, are getting ready to take the test or have taken it already or who have to take it again. Um, yeah, it's, that's, it's very um, anxiety provoking. But anyway, so back to this flow chart. So music therapy internship, then the board certification exam. And then from there, okay, what are the options? Like there can be so many options. So I broke it down into three different options, three different roads. So after you get certified, you can either move on to taking a music therapy job, which that's really what I'm going to break down today. Um, Or you can go back to school, whether that's grad school for music therapy, whether that's um, a school for like a different specialty, a different degree. Um, basically, you can get more education if you want. The third option is a non-music therapy job. Maybe you went through school, you went through your internship, you took the test too, and then you're like, you know what, this really isn't for me. So, the third option is non-music therapy job. And of course, from that non-music therapy job, you can go back to school after that. You can, you know, go to grad school for something or, you know, get some skills in a different specialty. And even if you start out with a job that isn't a music therapy job, well, maybe you do that for a year or two. And then you're still certified for at least five years. So then you can move on to a music therapy job after that if you want. So yes, those are the three big options after you complete your internship and you take um, the exam. So music therapy job, grad school, or other school, other education, and a non-music therapy job. And that, you know, your non-music therapy job could still be music-related. You could give music lessons. You could be um, a gigging artist, uh, performing musician. Um, You could get a job at um, a music place like an orchestra or radio or um, like a production house of some sort or... Uh, work with the mixing engineer like you could work at a instrument repair shop or um, instrument retailer like there's there's a lot of other music jobs that you can get if you still want to be surrounded by music in in some sense but you're not interested in music therapy anymore but today we are talking about music therapy jobs so you take your you you do your internship, you take your exam, and then you decide, yes, I want to continue in music therapy. I want to look for a music therapy job or create one. So the way that I split it up from there is two ways. 
literally just two different roads. You can either get a job that's an employee position or you can become a business owner. And when I say business owner, there are a lot of different ways to say business owner, a lot of different words that people use. So you may hear uh, you are a contractor, you are a sole proprietor, you are a subcontractor, you are self-employed, or you, ha- you are a business owner, you have a private practice, you are a small business. There are a lot of different ways of saying, I'm a business owner. And after I go through a couple more things on this flowchart, um, I'm going to break down a couple of those other terms as well. And I won't go through all of them because I'm really just not that smart. Um, I don't have all the knowledge and you probably could find it by doing a good um, Google search or just send me a message and we can find it together. But some of the language is confusing. So I'm just going to leave it at that for now. Those are two roads that you can go down when you are stepping into a music therapy job or looking for one or creating one. You can either become an employee of a company of an organization, or you can become a business owner, a contractor, a subcontractor, sole proprietor, self-employed, small business. So when we look at the one side being an employee, that breaks down too. You can be a full-time employee, you can be a part-time employee, or you can be hired per diem. Essentially, when you're an employee, you are, your job is kind of owned by the organization or company that you work for. They get to tell you what to do, when to do it, how to do it. When you're a business owner, you get to set up all of those things. You get to set up your own contracts. You get to look at contracts. You get to say, this is how I do it. This is how much it is. This is how much I work. All of that control is in your hands. When you're an employee, though, you have someone, meaning the business owner, over you. So you could even be an employee of another music therapy business owner. Or you could be a subcontractor for that music therapy business owner. And we can talk more about that too. So let's just review this. And I'm sorry if this is redundant for anyone, but I I always find that it's helpful to repeat things so that it kind of sticks with me a little better. So what happens after college? We are assuming that you go on to a music therapy internship. Then you take your board certification exam. After you pass your exam, you might feel like you're floating around wondering (laughs) what to do because you're kind of on your own. And I'm hoping that in the future, there's more support to new music therapists. But that's also why I have this podcast and why I talk a lot, because I was a new music therapist and even like a seasoned music therapist for, you know, seven, eight years. And I still had a lot of questions. Yeah, we're just, we're supporting each other here. So music therapy internship, exam, And then you can, 
go on to more education. You can take a non-music therapy job or you can take a music therapy job. And while you have your music therapy job, you can also have another job on the side. You can be working for two companies doing music therapy or two music therapy jobs. Um, Or you could have a music therapy job and a non-music therapy job on the side, like working for Starbucks, working at a boutique. There's so many options of other things that you can do while you have a music therapy job. Because as you might know, um, a lot of the music therapy jobs that are out there may not be full-time, may not be that 40 hours a week. So anyway, internship, exam, music therapy job, and the music therapy job that you get or make could be an employee position of a company or organization, or you could be a business owner, which would be contracting with another business, subcontracting for another business or uh, for another music therapist, I guess it would be being a sole proprietor, self-employed, small business owner, having a private practice, or you may have heard the term DBA, doing business as. So that would be if you are a business owner and your business name is something other than your own name, then you probably want to file this form for your DBA, doing business as. And essentially, you're just saying, my name is this, but my business name is this. But the two things are connected. So don't get confused. It's really me. (laughs) Um, And then as an employee, the other side of things, an employee of a company, organization, you can be full-time, You can be part-time or you can be um, per diem. And as a business owner, looking back at that side, you could also have work or your business be full-time work. You could be, let's say, subcontracting with a music therapist part-time. You could be taking on contracts with a business or under a music therapy business part-time or per diem. So there's all these different ways of stepping into a music therapy job. But what we're getting at is a music therapy job that hopefully the goal is that it's happy, that, that you have a happy and fulfilling life, you have sustainable income, and you are providing excellent care. That's the goal. On this flow chart too, I have a bar down the left side and it says time with an arrow going from the top to the bottom of the page. And as we go through this flow chart, the bar in the left, um, on the left side gets darker, but there's, I put text in that bar. And so <laughs> this is my other part of this flow chart, which has nothing to do with a music therapy job, but more to do with life. So I say, years go by, you grow up, you become older and wiser, you reach milestones and have various life events, you make mistakes, you learn from mistakes you've made, you develop wrinkles, you learn what matters most to you, you have honest friends, you understand what life is really about, you experience 
true love. And maybe you don't believe in true love, but um, I hope you feel that that true, honest um, love at some point in your life. So I hope the chart is helpful. Um, if you're curious about where I created that flow chart, I just typed in Google how to make flow chart. And one of the first websites I saw was lucidchart, L-U-C-I-D chart.com. And I was able to make that for free there. So if you ever have a presentation and you need like a chart for something, a flow chart for something, you can use that website. So let's continue. So this next part is a word about the word contract or contracting. Essentially, this means there's a paper in between you and the job you're doing with this place. There's a contract that you have to sign with this place that you're working for. You are contracting with them. And so you are not an employee if you are contracting with this company. So the confusing thing about this is that there are a lot of businesses, music therapy businesses, um, or music therapists that you can work for where you have contract work. That could mean one of two things. That could mean with this music therapy company, you can either be an employee or a contractor with them or subcontractor. So as an employee of this other music therapy business, you have to go by all of the rules of this business. They get to say how much you get paid, how much you work, what your contracts are, all that stuff. But you can also be a contractor with a company that finds those contracts for you. So for instance, it would have been, I guess, my second job. I was subcontracting for a music therapist. So she did not have a say over my schedule, but she held the contract with these other places. I worked for group homes. I worked at some schools. I worked for some private clients, some families um, and their children and So she held the contract between the facility, the family, the place, um, and her and her business. And then, essentially, I did the work. I did the actual music therapy. And so the benefits for you, if you take that kind of a job, is you don't have to find those contracts. The business that you're working for, that you're contracting for or subcontracting under has found those contracts for you. And that's like a huge part. That that takes a lot of time and effort. And then you don't have to worry about the paperwork part of it either. It's like you just submit your hours or you submit the sessions that you did and then you get paid. You don't have to worry about all those extra forms when being like the main business owner. So another note Another word about the word contract is that sometimes when working for another music therapist, whether it's like just one music therapist that you're taking work from or you're working for a music therapy company, as a contractor or 
business owner, they have a contract that they have to have with you. You probably have to sign something to start working with them. So in their contract, they may they may state, you know, this is how you do your work. This is what your schedule needs to be. Da, 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 da. And so when you sign that contract, it means, okay, I'm abiding by the, the words in this in this contract and you know, on this form. And so even though I'm a business owner working for another business owner, I'm saying that I'm going to do these things. When you are a business owner, you have to take care of all of the business things. So you have to pay your own taxes and make sure that you take those taxes. Like you take a percentage of what you get paid, the checks that you get in, um, and set it aside so that when tax time rolls around, you can pay those taxes. Typically, as an employee, those taxes are withheld. You probably um, fill out and sign the W-4 as an employee, and that's where you say how much tax you want withheld. So as an employee of a business, of a company, you typically are promised benefits if you work a certain amount. And even if you don't qualify for benefits, like at my one job, I was an, I was an employee, but I was part-time. So I wasn't working enough to even make it to their benefit bracket, I guess you could say. But there are still benefits from working for an organization and company um, in other ways. You know, you have a benefit of possibly an office. You have a benefit of possibly other people that you work with, other music therapists that you can be in touch with. Maybe a benefit is having a supervisor. So let's move on to hourly versus salary. With a salary, that big sum of money that you're paid over the year, you're not typically paid based on the number of hours you work. You know, you're paid this big sum over the 12 months that you work, but maybe you work more than those 40 hours a week for 12 months. Maybe some weeks you do 50 hours. Maybe some weeks you do 30 hours. You have that like flex time. You have that wiggle room to do these things. And typically you have uh, benefits that go along with being an employee. That's like the, the main thing that I think about when I think of being an employee of a company or an organization and being a business owner. As an employee, you get benefits. You get, you probably get healthcare, time off, and vacation. Those things that you think of when you think of having a job. As a business owner, you have to do those things for yourself. You have to create it in your schedule so that you can have a vacation and have time off and still make enough money. You have to figure out on your own how to get health insurance. Whereas an employee, that is kind of laid out for them. But it depends. Like I mentioned earlier, if you're part-time or if you're per diem, 
you might not even qualify to get those same employee benefits, but you're still considered an employee. Okay, so salary, that's, so that's what salary is. Um, you're paid a big sum of money over the year, and your time can flex a little bit, and you have vacation days and time off um, within what you're expected to work throughout the year. When you're paid hourly, it's strictly by how many hours you work. So let me just make a note here. Kind of like I said when I talked about a word about the word contract or contracting, this is similar. So you can be a contractor as a business owner or have contracts. You can also work with contracts as an employee of another business owner or of another business, you can have contracts. So let me give you some examples of my work and how that all broke down. And I also want to tell you like how it felt because that's why I made some big mistakes because some of my work as a business owner felt very much like I was an employee. Okay, but first I want to start. This was my first, um, so my, my first job out of internship I was working for an organization that had a music therapy department and we had private clients that we saw on site at the at this organization's facility. We also had clients in the community. So that was like um, within schools, within group homes, within day centers, within nursing homes, just within people's homes. So that's the scene. I set the stage. I was working as an employee. I was hired as an employee of this organization that had a music therapy department that had contracts with all these different places like the school and the nursing home. So I was an employee working these contracts. And when I was working for them, I was paid hourly. And then one of my other jobs, I was working for a long-term care facility. But at this job, I wasn't sent out to these different contracts or these different places. I was at one place. I actually had an office and um, I was very part-time, and, but I was still an employee. So these two places, I was an employee, but it felt very different. The first one felt like a contract job almost felt like I was a business owner. I had very little to no supervision. I hardly ever saw other music therapists. I was on the go in my car driving place to place. So it felt like I was a business owner, but I was an employee of this organization that had a music therapy department that sent me out to these contracts in a long-term care facility. That felt a little more like I was an employee because I was, I had like a home base and I was there anytime I was doing my job. My office was just right down the hall. And then I would just go room to room seeing clients. I would do groups in the long-term care facility. Um, but for both of these places, I was paid hourly. So those were both employment jobs. I was an employee and I was paid hourly and for the most part, this the hourly rate um, or what I was paid for also included 
um, beyond session time, it included documentation time and travel time. Um, and I just want to make a note that sometimes as an employee of a place, or maybe if you're a business owner contracting, you can get paid for your documentation time, but sometimes you're paid less. It's almost like they pay administrative work at like a lower rate than your client contact hours or client contact work. So one of my other jobs, which it's so funny, I'm just giving you these examples of how things felt. One of my other jobs, I was also paid hourly, but I was a business owner. So I actually set it up to be paid hourly, not realizing that that's what I did. (laughs) I was a little confused back then, which is what I've been telling you about. Um, So this other job, I was working for a hospice, but I was contracting with them. I created, like I had a contract that I signed with them. And this should have been like a bell dinging at me. You're a business owner, you're a business owner. When it said, when the paper asked me for business name, (laughs) and I just wrote my own name. (laughs) And I didn't realize, oh my goodness, that I was a business owner. Um, And because I didn't realize that I was a business owner, come tax time, I had a lot of money to pay back because I didn't set aside all that additional money that typically as an employee would be taken out. And as a business owner, not realizing I was a business owner, I did not set that aside. So that all of that money just had to come out of my bank account. But anyway, what I'm really talking about is hourly. Um, so for that job too, it was a hospice job. I was contracting with them. I was a business owner. I still set it up so that I was paid hourly. Sometimes as a business owner, actually maybe more time, more more often, you are paid per session. You can have different rates for your different session times. You know, let's say 30 minutes is one price, 60 minutes is another price, two hours is another price, which typically I only do for like workshops. I don't know if I've had, well, sometimes I've had a session that long. Um, But another way to do it is let's say, okay, this is my rate for a single music therapy session. And it's just the same rate anywhere you go or any clients you take. And then you get to decide, okay, you know, am I going to let the session be only 30 minutes? Am I going to let the session be an hour and a half? Um, some, some people set up their price based on session. So like I worked with a massage therapist at, um, the hospice job and that's how she did it. She said, my rate per session is $50, whether I work with this person for 15 minutes or whether I work with this person for an hour and a half. My session rate is $50. Whereas for me, I was like, my hourly rate is $35. So if I'm with a client for one hour, I get paid $35. If I'm with the client for two hours, then it's 35 times two, I get paid $70. If I'm doing documentation 
for, let's say, half an hour, then I'm getting paid $17.50 for that half an hour documentation time. So when you're paid hourly, it's strictly by how many hours you work. And in your contract, whether that's your contract that you create, which anytime you're a business owner, you can have a contract with anyone you're working with, um, including with another music therapy business owner. So anytime you're contracting as a business owner, even if that's for another music therapist, you have a contract that will lay out these things or you have created a contract yourself laying out what these things should be. For me, now as a business owner with my private practice as a sole proprietor, doing business as Kim Best Music Therapy, (laughs) I charge $75 for one hour of music therapy. But I say that that includes my documentation time. So whether documentation takes me five minutes to complete or whether it takes me an hour to complete, I'm only making that $75 per that hour. So um, I need to be strict with myself to not spend so much extra time taking documentation down because I'm not necessarily getting paid any extra for that. Some music therapy business owners have it set up differently where they do have a specific price for documentation or for reports, things like that. One of the biggest things to remember, one of the biggest deterrents, I think, from people going into business ownership is um, taxes. You know, it's much easier to just be an employee. You get taxes taken out. You don't have to deal with all the paperwork and you're done with it. You don't have to think about it. As a business owner, there's a lot more paperwork. There's a lot that you have to do and there's a lot of programs that can help you do it and it can actually be a lot easier than you think but you still have to think about that. Okay, I have to pay attention and do something about taxes. Don't make the mistake that I did where I thought I was an employee, but I really was a business owner. And maybe I knew I was a business owner, but I didn't really think about it. And then I didn't think about taxes. And then when tax time came around, I had to pay so, so much money back. But anyway, we will save... (laughs) business ownership conversations for another episode. There is just so much more that we can get into with this conversation uh, when it comes to, you know, the benefits of being an employee or when it comes to everything that you can think about when being a business owner. But we will save that for another time because I think this episode is done. (laughs) How about you? Please send me any questions that you have. And if I cannot answer them quickly, I will try to find out where you can find the answer. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It really means the world to me. If you have a second, um, it would be awesome if you left a uh, review on the podcast. And, you know, this 
not only boosts me up (laughs) and helps me get ready for my next episode because I know people are actually listening, but it also helps other people find this podcast. And if there's another music therapist that I can help along their journey um, through their difficulties in this field, it it's worth everything. It's worth the extra five minutes um, to make a review, to write a review. If you want a copy of that flow chart that I mentioned near the beginning of the episode that I kind of took you through, send me a message on Instagram at musictherapistpod, or you can send me an email, hello at kimbest.com. Um, I'm also planning on putting that in a newsletter coming out to my email list. Um, at least the part of the email list devoted to music therapists. So um, whatever you're doing today, even if it's just listening to podcasts, I hope you enjoy it and I will talk to you soon. Thank you.